Hello again, it's Ben Hodges here from BH Drum Academy, and welcome back to the BH Drum Podcast, the podcast where we're learning drums. Um, today is the final episode of our part three series, the Recording Drums for Beginners um, series for podcasts, I guess you could say. I did three different podcasts about recording drums, and it took me three podcasts to go through this because this is a big topic. Uh, I could sit here and talk about this for hours and hours and hours on end. But for beginners, it's very overwhelming. And I'm giving purely the basics. If you are someone who already records drums and you have some good knowledge about recording already, maybe you're an audio engineer and you hear some things that I may be seeing, uh, saying wrong, please reach out and uh, and, and let's, t- let's talk. Um, but I, I'm telling you kind of the things that I've learned over the years and, and uh, these things work very, very well. Uh, and uh, this is just purely about the basics, purely about the basics. So this episode is about mixing the drums. So you have our, we, episode one, we talked about the equipment that you need and the setup of how to set up all that equipment before you press record. Episode two was actually about pressing record and how you play and what that actually recording process looks like. And now we have on episode three, we have stopped pressing record and we have I guess I should say stop pressing record. We have stopped recording. We press record to stop the recording. And now we have our drums on our computer, our digital audio workspace, our DAW. And it's time to mix it to make our drums sound good. Um, Now, this is a big area of conversation because you could really just take all the tracks that you have uh, on your audio interface. So maybe you have one track because you have one drum mic. Maybe you have eight tracks because eight drum mics, whatever it is. You could just sit there and just mix the volumes higher, lower, louder, quieter um, on your audio space, like the little sliders. And you could just mix it and mix your volumes and say, hmm, good enough. It sounds loud enough to me. Or you could go really nerdy. You could go add, adjust something called phase. You could adjust the EQ, like the bass and the treble and things like that. You could adjust the compression of all of these things. You could adjust, even add effects to all of these things. Like this is a big area and some people really get into it and they really like to start um, really sweep getting through like adding all this cool stuff to it to make their drums sound good. But we don't know what sounds good and what doesn't sound good, what's right, what's wrong. Um, and for beginners, we don't have that ear. Like we're, we have to train our ear to think, this sounds good. Or how do I know this needs compression? Or what does compression sound like? What is a song, something with compression, with the compression? How do I know what phase is? So I'm going to talk you through some of these basic um, EQ mixing strategies uh, and so on. Okay. Now, um, after you press record, of course, you, you'll probably want to like listen back and you can adjust it. Now, if you have one microphone, you can, of course, just adjust the volume of wherever it needs to be. And the next step would be to, of course, adjust the volume, um, uh, adjust the volume and the EQ. Um, there is no adjusting on phase for just one microphone. Uh, phase is only something that's done when there's multiple 
microphones being used. Okay. So more than one microphone phase is something that we can adjust and it actually makes a big difference to the sound of drums. So um, if you have one microphone, you don't need to worry about phase. One microphone is actually pretty simple mixing. You just, you adjust the volume and then you adjust the EQ, the bass and treble and stuff. And uh, maybe you add compression if you really want to or any effects and you're done. All right. And you can trim it. You can cut out all the bad parts. You can make it sound and shorten it to wherever you need to. Um, and that's basically it. Um, I'll get to kind of the details of EQ very soon. But uh, let's start with um, some things that you could uh, check on with um, recording. We're going to take the scenario that you are recording drums with multiple microphones. Okay. And I don't know how many, two, maybe eight. You can. 20 million. I don't know. Um, you can have as many microphones as you want to. So let's start off by talking about some things that maybe would be cool to, to check on. And these are the ones that I use. I use phase. I use EQ. I use compression. And uh, I also sometimes will use some effects and there's a billion effects that come with the computer program. And some of them, I have no idea what they are. And some of them that makes, some of them make sense, but uh, anything is really possible. The more you do, of course, the more intricate it can get. So uh, I guess just it's wherever, how much time you want to spend on mixing. It, it can take quite a while or it can take not that long, depending on how much time and effort you want to put in. Let's start with phase. Now, what is phase? Phase is like, based, the way I think of it, phase is like a battle between the sound waves. As you record, you might see on your computer screen, you'll see all these little, little waves that come up or these little spikes uh, that come up on your screen. And that's your sound waves that are being recorded into it. Now, when you have two microphones, uh, this, let's say, uh, let's take the snare drum as our sound source. When you hit the snare drum, the sound waves will leave the snare drum at the same disc, the same speed, but they will enter the microphone source at different times because the microphones may be in different places. So if one microphone is approximately one foot away and the other microphone is two feet away, which microphone do you think is going to get the sound first? Well, it's the one that's closest, the one foot microphone, of course. So it is reading the sound waves earlier in the computer on that one foot microphone and the the one microphone that's two feet away is receiving the sound wave a little bit slightly later of course the speed of sound is very fast but it's not audible to the ear um, but it is definitely their computer will catch that now what you check for and what what we need to adjust in the phase is to make the sound signals line up nicely. Now there's a couple ways to fix this and to minimize our phase problems. Uh, and what, what becomes a problem with phase is that when we have these sound waves coming in at different times, if there is a large peak in the sound, if you look at a, a, a sound wave, they have some peaks, some like mountains, and it has some valleys. It goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. Now, if the sound wave on one microphone is at the top, like a mountain, like at the top and the, and the, on the other microphone, it's uh, at that same moment in time, the second microphone is in a valley. Well, those two sound signals are competing for each other. Those sound signals are competing for each other. They actually cancel each other out, which is 
shocking because like, well, what the heck? I thought it would just sound signals come in. No, sound signals, when they all come into one source, they will compete for each other. They will fight each other a little bit. So a sound signal that's at a mountain versus a sound signal at the, at the valley, they will both even itself out and meet in the middle. And it's kind of a flat sound. You actually, the sound doesn't really come through that well. So they call that sound ducking ducking like quack quack like the duck that's what it's that's what it's kind of referred to so what we need to do is to make our drum sound intentionally big and on purpose and to make the sound wave come through evenly on both sound sources is to line up both of the sound waves so that the mountains are at the same same time and the valleys are at the same time doesn't matter whatever microphone so there's two ways you can do this one is actually adjusting the microphones itself when recording and you would do this beforehand but um you could uh, when you before you record if once you learn kind of about phase uh you would you could set up your microphones a little bit differently you could set up the microphones to be the perfect sound distance away from the sound source so your snare drum so it's you would you would make both microphones either one foot or two foot away from the sound source. You would make them both the same distance. Maybe you take a measure, you know, a, a tape measure and measure them both. Um, that's one way to kind of fix phase and have it the closest it can without adjusting much. But the other way is you can literally zoom in really close on that sound wave and line up the phase, like slide over the mountains and the valleys to make it all sound the same. You can make them all sound that way. And even sliding one over very, very, very slightly, even zoomed in, yours is not going to be audible at all. But you're making the mountains match, you're making the valleys match on all the drum mics. So and not just one. If you have eight microphones, you want to make sure you line up all of those sound, sound waves. Now, um, what I like to do is I like to pick a nice clear drum hit that I find. And if you remember from episode number two, I talked about one thing that you do when, when you're first press record is to do one big snare hit or one big bass drum hit or a clapping noise. And that is actually my cue, my little notch I use to adjust phase. So I will zoom in on that big loud snare hit and I'll zoom in on it and I'll make it nice and big on my screen. And I will adjust each of the little sound waves all below one for my kick drum, one for my tom, one for my floor tom, all those things. And I make them all line up with, with one of them. And I usually pick the microphone that is closest to the source. So if I hit the snare drum hit, I will use the snare drum mic as my reference point, And I'll adjust all the other microphones to that snare drum uh, mic. So that's what phase is in a nutshell. It's basically um, sliding the sound waves up so that all the hills and the valleys match. And when they match, the sound source is bigger right? It's bigger and it's punchier and you're going to notice a big difference in the sound of without phase. You're going to sound, notice the volume of the actual sound itself is better. So that's important. Okay. So that's what phase is in a nutshell. Um, next is going to be my, uh, EQ, my EQ, my EQ is my bass, my treble and so on for all my parts. Now, if you just have one microphone, it's easy for EQ. You are adjusting, of course. Uh, you want to add a little bit of the bass side to make sure your kick drum comes through. You want to add a little bit of the mids to make sure your snare drum comes through. And maybe you add a little bit of the highs or reduce some highs, depending on what you want things to sound like. Now, on an EQ, it's 
usually, you know, on the old car stereos and car stereos, you just adjust bass, treble, mid, that's all it is, right? But on um, big fancy computer programs, we have this huge scale of different types of like EQ you can match. You can go anywhere from zero hertz all the way up to 20,000 hertz or HZ. And that's like our little EQ measure spot. You can like adjust any little spot. It's super crazy to kind of figure out where things go. So um, if you're adjusting one microphone, you of course adjust things that sound good. Um, I always like to kind of do a sweep. I adjust, I put one part way up and I sweep it. I go left to right on that little scale between somewhere between 200 Hertz and 2000 Hertz. And I try to find a spot that sounds bad and I find the, the bad spot and I minimize it all the way down um, and making sure my little notches are pretty narrow in order to do that. Um, there is certain ranges that bass drums sound the best at. For example, I I find that uh, bass drums, us usually the best sounding kick drum sound is somewhere between 50 hertz and 70 hertz. Um, but if I want to like add a bit of the slap sound of the bass drum beater, I will add a little bit of the higher mids uh, to raise it up a little bit. Um, if I want to get rid of some of the hollow sounds of the, of the drum, I, I kind of lower down the lower mids. So sometimes you're, you're raising up the beef, the beefy boom part of the kick drum, but you're lowering the hollow sound. It's, it's very, very interesting. You can do that. Snare drums. If I had a snare drum mic, um, I, sometimes I, I, there are some certain pieces, uh, certain hurts that add, um, a little bit of meat or thickness to the sound of the drum. Uh, for example, I usually say about the thickness of a snare drum, it lives somewhere between 220 and 250 hertz. So instead of like a random pinging noise, you want a bit of a thud when you hit the snare drum. It's great. And sometimes you can add, if you need a little crack on a snare drum, you can add some of the higher frequencies. Uh, if you don't like some of the lower noises. So really you're just like of adjusting EQ on certain drums. Uh, what you like, give more. What you think areas you don't like, go less. And I, I ask to experiment with a little bit of the EQ stuff. There's some great videos out there on what how to mix EQ and what it looks like and and things like that. And I'm happy to walk you through some of that through video call and anything like that if you need to need to see. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe how to mix on a on a I guess a, uh, a podcast without visual representation. I'm a, I'm a visual learner, but uh, EQ is something that you can definitely adjust for sure. Um, next with after the, after you got your EQ done, now it's time to do your volume. Now you can adjust the volume of things. So if you have one mic, I guess it's only one volume you're changing, right? It's drums are loud or drums are not so loud. Uh, if you have a music track, of course you can match your drums to your music and, and then Bob's your uncle, you're done. Um, if you have multiple mics, of course you want to adjust each of the mics accordingly so that the drums kind of sound Nice and easy. Now, my suggestion is I like to start off with the um, condenser mic or the cymbal mic. Uh, if you have a condenser mic as one of your mics, I like to start there, the overhead mic. Um, and that's my volume, that's my reference point. Then I'll add the kick. Then I'll add the kick. Is my kick in in good reference to the overhead? Then after I add the kick, I add the snare. I adjust the volume of the snare. Because if I get the kick and the snare and the overheads to sound... Uh, to my liking, then all the toms and anything else is just auxiliary. Then I can add the toms near the end to make and see how they sound afterwards. Um, and I try not to listen 
as I'm mixing this, I try not to listen like loud blast and full volume because my ear canals can, your ear canals can actually close up when you hear loud sounds. It's just a body natural defense. So I like to kind of listen to low volume uh, mixing, or I put on some headphones uh, when I'm doing the volume check and I'm just making sure everything's nice and balanced and to my liking. Next is if you, and as a bonus mark, these, the compression and effects are just bonus marks, but I'll talk about them really quickly of, of what they mean. You might've heard the word compression when you're talking about mixing or engineering stuff and putting compression on things and what it means. Compression is really exactly what it sounds like. It's compressing sound waves. And uh, I like to think of it as um, making something smooth. Um, so if you look at the sound waves, they're very spiky. They might have lots of spikes, high spikes, low spikes, and so on. You're basically taking the sound, the amount of uh, energy that's in a sound wave, those mountains and valleys, and you're compressing it from top to bottom and you're squeezing the energy into like a more narrower feel. You're pushing down the mountains, you're pushing up on the valleys to make them kind of level. And compression really takes the harshness out of sounds. Um, now, there's a challenge with this. When you compress a sound wave, it doesn't necessarily make it, it doesn't make it quieter. It makes it stronger, but smoother, stronger, but smoother. So chances are when you do some compressing, your volume level will come up and, and your gain will come up. And many people will like, well, hell of a sudden I'm clipping all of a sudden on the sound of my kick drum because I compressed it. What the heck? It sounds great. It's a great way to smooth out harshness sounds. Like if you have a really, you can listen to a sound and you're like, wow, that sounds really harsh on the ears. Compression is a good way to, to remedy that. Um, and it's great for things like kick drums and snares and all drums. I love adding a bit of compression and, and the pros do it as well. Um, but it, uh, it makes the sound stronger. So, uh, that's why gain staging at the start of when I did this, the part one series or part two series, I, I can't remember which one I did. I talked about gain staging and making sure your computer has enough buffer room to make the adjustments. Well, compression is a big part of that. If your gain was too much, um, on your, if you could be did bad gain staging, then you're going to have some really, really, really strong uh, signals coming out and uh, you won't have enough flexibility. You might be clipping with your compression, which means your volume has to come down. So compression is great. It's really hard to listen for. It does take quite a lot of practice. I noticed a lot of practice about um, listening for the compression. Uh, it took a lot of audio examples for me. I actually spent some time and I invested in some instructional videos of how to listen for compression and stuff. And that really, really helped because it gave me lots of um, real life examples and video examples. And that was great for me. So uh, I'd recommend the same if you're interested in compression and learning more about it, I suggest to, to um, do some investment into um, audio examples of compression and trying to listen for that. Some people have an easy time listening for it. Uh, and you can train your ears to listen for it, but other people hard, it was hard. Um, and I, 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 it was hard for me when I started, but I get better and better at it. The more practice I get. And last, lastly is the effects. You can add any cool effects you want to. You can make your drums echo. You can add something called reverb if you want to and make the drums sound echoey. Um, there's something called gate as well, if you want to, which means it takes all the, the bad noises out after, after you hit something. 
So that's a cool feature. You can change pitch. You can change uh, anything, really. Echo, delay. Um, there's a lot of effects on there that come with a computer. And honestly, I, I like drums. I think drums are best sounding just as raw as they can. Um, I think the only effects that you really need to put on is compression. Maybe a little reverb on the snare. Don't overdo it. Um, it's kind of cool that way. Um but EQ and phase are and volume are the biggest things you need to change. So you can get really nerdy with the adjusting. And I hopefully I didn't lose you and confuse you with lots of this information here of about phase and volume. But the order I would um, I would adjust things in. Number one thing is I adjust the phase. I adjust the phase because that is going to, I adjust phase number one because that that will adjust the volume of certain parts of your, your element. Next, I would adjust the EQ. Okay, I would adjust the EQ. I would, I would isolate and solo each track and I make sure the EQ is exactly where my liking is, the bass, the treble, all that stuff. And then, I, and then lastly, I would do the volume last. I would adjust the volume to make sure everything fits now that I got EQ and stuff. And you're going to notice the drums sound dramatically different and way better when you adjust the sounds that you want. You're really listening for sounds you want. And afterwards, as bonus marks, compression is great and even effects after at the end. So that has been my three-part episode of, um, of recording drums for beginners. We talked about um, the equipment you need, the setup. We talked about the process of recording, and we talked about mixing drums. And there's a huge amount of more information that can come with it. You could talk about this for hours, uh, but this is a just snapshot of what it's like and and where, where it goes to. Um, and it's it's complicated. This is why it exists where people... Uh, will invest in people to record drums for you. Um, and I, I'm one of those people. If you need someone to record drums with you or walk you through it or maybe mentor you in how to record drums, I'd be happy to do it. I can do it online or in person. Absolutely fine with me. Not a problem whatsoever. Uh, but reach out to BH Drum Academy if you need some help. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, email. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, all those things, find me there. And I'd love to be a ch chat for you and be your coach and mentor through lots of this stuff. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day and get back to those drums. Uh, they miss you. Talk to you soon.